Welcome back to the My Sister Knows Why podcast. This week, we're going to be talking about residential schools. Let's feed your brain. Hi, Claude. Hey, Ange. Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks. I'm here every week. Yeah, this is the podcast where we answer your questions. Or my questions. Or my questions. Or general topics of interest. Nice. Okay. Do you have any updates at all? Um, I don't think so. Oh, if you got your vaccine um, before April 18th, you can book your second dose now. If you got your first dose of the vaccine um, between April 18th and May 9th, you can book your second dose on June 14th. That's Monday, June 14th at 8 a.m. Um, if you're listening to this much further into the future, like I'm talking years, um, how's it like? How's the future looking? I hope it's back to normal. Yeah. Yikes. Anywho. Okay. I'm going to jump right into my topic because it's probably going to be a longer episode. Um, and it's also not as fun of an episode, but it's also important. Very informative. Yes. Yes. Okay. So do you remember learning about residential schools during your education from kindergarten to grade 12? Um, yes and no. Right. Like, I don't think we, we delved, dove dove deep, um, in grade 10 history. Like it was mentioned, but we really didn't go into detail. It was just a fact of they happened between this time and this time. Mm -hmm. This is kind of what went on. Honestly, like I know about it and Mm -hmm. I know I learned about it. I don't remember when. I don't think it was before high school. Mm -hmm. I think it was either grade 10 religion class or in grade 11. I know we in world religions. Everyone had to take. You do the, I think it was called Aboriginal back then. um, Like section of it. But even that section of world religions, there was no test on it. And every other section had a test. um, Did not spend a lot of time on it. It was very... It was at the beginning of the class. like So you didn't even learn it in history? Like grade 10 history? I don't you, remember. You took grade 11 history. No, I took you were grade, no, yeah, to? I, you I took grade 11 history. But that was um, like, what was that? Like ancient Egypt up to a certain Oh, like world history. Part. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. It was world history, I think. Yeah, I do briefly remember learning it in um, world religion. Mm. But not residential schools. Right. I think it was just just, like indigenous culture. Yeah. And even that, like it was one of the last um, uh, top subjects, whatever. Yeah. Um, And yeah, there wasn't a test on it because it was so close to the exam. Mm. Where it was like, okay, we're not going to test you on it. Yeah. Okay. So that's kind of the basis of this episode. And I just put in a disclaimer slash just listen for a second. Um, it's going to be a heavier episode, so please prepare yourself. Um, as this episode does mention physical, sexual, and psychological abuse, um, I'm going to refer to all indigenous tribes and cultures under one general term of indigenous peoples mm-hmm. or indigenous cultures or culture, just for the sake of efficiency and clarity in this episode. Yeah. But please be aware that there are many, many different populations and cultures that were established um, before colonization. Um, like in Canada, such as First Nations, Métis, um, Inuit cultures. Yeah. They're all different um, and they have their different nuances and they're completely different cultures. Mm-hmm. But just for the sake of this episode and clarity and time, um, I'm just going to refer to it as Indigenous peoples or Indigenous culture. 
Um, I tried my hardest to educate myself on the proper terms and history for this episode, but if I get anything wrong or refer to something in the wrong way, please let me know so I can correct it as soon as possible. Yeah. Um, just because if I do make a mistake, it's just due to ignorance and not finding the right sources yeah of so information. that you can either dm us yeah. on instagram twitter or email us because mm-hmm. um, uh-huh. we will we do want to fix it if yeah if there was and i'll fix it in the next mistaken. episode yeah. yeah okay so um i'm sure you've heard the recent news on indigenous residential schools mm-hmm. so the remains of 215 indigenous children were discovered at a former residential school in kamloops bc The school was run from 1890 to 1969 um, by the Catholic Church until the government took it over and ran it from 1969 to 1978, in which it closed. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that it was run by the Catholic Church. Yeah. And then was run by the government. Mm Mm-hmm. So, um, and I'll explain like how residential schools worked Mm -hmm. and basically the episode, this episode is like, why did Canada have residential schools? Yeah. Why was it necessary? Why was it a thing that we did? Um, so at the peak of the operating history of that school in Kamloops, it housed up to 500 students at one time. Wow. So for multiple years, 500 students at a time were at that school. Mm -hmm. So many, many indigenous children were. And it was just a constant flow. It was like, if this many people left, we'd bring this many people back in. Yeah. 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 Okay. So do you know what a residential school is? Um, like more or less, Mm -hmm. obviously it's, uh, not as in-depth as it should be yeah but uh, i'd like to say i have a basis (laughs) of uh, what it was yeah so i'm just going to outline like what exactly the residential school was and kind of what went on Um, i got this information from indigenousfoundations.art.ubc.ca it was a really good um, website for information on indigenous residential schools yeah i think uh for this episode we'll link probably all the sites that we we get our stuff from and this site is like i don't know for sure but it sounds like it's written from the like from indigenous people like wrote this website not not just people who are allies or like white people who are allies or like a neutral party quote unquote Mm -hmm. like this was written from indigenous people's yeah that's good stories Okay, so a residential school was an education system set up by the Catholic... Oh, nope, not by the Catholic Church. (laughs) It was set up by the Canadian government, but it was run by churches. Oh, okay. Yeah, in order to educate Indigenous children, but this was often not the only thing going on in the school. It it wasn't only education. It wasn't like just going to school like we are now. It's not even... It wasn't even like a boarding school, like if you would think of like a private school. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the schools also try to assimilate Indigenous children into the mainstream white Canadian society, um, specifically trying to assimilate them into the Euro-Canadian and Christianity way Mm -hmm. of living, um, which was very prevalent at the time, the start of residential schools. Yeah. Um, Like if you think back then, it was very religion focused. There wasn't really separation of church and state. So children were forced to attend these schools. Um, forcibly separated from their families for extended period of time and sometimes we're not even allowed to go home for the holidays wow yeah um and children as young as three were taken from their families Mm -hmm. or sent there because of um maybe their parents couldn't take care of them so instead of going to like an orphanage or a foster family like normal you know they were sent to a residential school instead yeah um 
So within these schools, they were not allowed to acknowledge their indigenous culture or traditions or speak their own languages. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is especially devastating to indigenous cultures because of the way the culture and language is traditionally passed down generation to generation. Mm -hmm. Um, It's very verbal, like verbal stories, as well as you learn from your parents. Your parents teach you the culture. Mm -hmm. Um, or your elders teach you the culture. You learn it and languages. You learn it by being immersed in community. But when you're forced from your community from, let's say, age six to age 18. That's a long time. Yeah. You're not, you're, you're, not, and you're only going home for summer vacation sometimes. Mm-hmm. That's two months with your family. You're not, and like, you're not going to yeah. absorb any of that and learn it yeah especially when you've been in an environment that's like forcing you to not acknowledge it it at all so i'll talk about this more later on but if you spoke the language your like traditional language in any part of the school you would be hit or like with a strap or a ruler Mm -hmm. um so many children like were terrified to speak their language yeah parents who like it was multiple generations it's been going on since 18 1880s so long time Yep, I've read stories, so I looked up some firsthand accounts of mm-hmm. the, the school. And parents wouldn't teach their children wow. the language because they didn't want them to even think about be, like t- speaking it in the residential mm-hmm. school so that Just they like wouldn't be punished. protecting them. Yeah. yeah. In which case, they're losing their language. Mm-hmm. Um, and you lose touch with that part of yourself. It's like if you've been removed from your family and your community. Mm-hmm. So children were also subjected to horrible abuse at the hands of the school's administrators. So principals, teachers, um, things called day supervisors, night supervisors, like just basically the people watching the children Mm -hmm. um, if the strict rules were broken. Um, This included physical, sexual, emotional and psychological abuse. Um, And as, as well, sickness and disease were also very prevalent within these facilities, Um, forcing many children to face death miles away from their families wow so there's been i've read stories that um, kids would get the measles and be on their deathbed and they wouldn't have anyone around them they would Mm -hmm. just be sent to the sick room and they would be there until they died basically Mm -hmm. which is awful um so on top of the horrendous abuse and erasure of culture and language the schools only really provided education to like the lower grades so yeah so their curriculum basically only went to like i would think elementary tops so maybe grade eight Mm -hmm. um and it focused more on like prayer and assimilating them into the culture Mm -hmm. and teaching them specific things yeah that yeah yeah they want them to take Mm -hmm. forward and then they it also focused so half the day would be like school education the other half of the day would be they're supposed to learn like skills mm-hmm. um, for them to work in the like white world, basically. Yeah. Um, such as agriculture, woodworking, domestic work, such as laundry and sewing. So they didn't really learn these skills. It was just to upkeep the schools. So they wouldn't have to pay a laundress to come do the laundry because mm-hmm. the kids would just do their own laundry. Yeah. Same with like repairs, carpentry, um, working the fields, like tending to the gardens and stuff like that. They didn't have to, there was a way to save money is to make the kids do them. Yeah. Instead of actually buy or not buy, <laughs> paying someone to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they, on top of all the trauma that these children have gone through in these schools, 
they were sorely underprepared to be able to support themselves and their families outside of the school. Yeah. So the school didn't do its purpose at all. It didn't give them education enough to like succeed. Function, yeah, yeah. And succeed in the world. Um, and it didn't give them the skills to live outside on their own. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, they're not learning their traditional ways of hunting, fishing, different ways that, you know, indigenous cultures are used to um, and indigenous peoples are used to like getting food and living off the land. They're not learning that because they're in these schools from 6 to 18. So overall, real bad. Just terrible. Not great. Yeah. Like not great at all. So that like is what a residential school is. But Mm -hmm. I'm going to go into like the history of residential schools. So when did they start? Who decided that it was a good idea? Yeah. And where they were located. So residential schools started as part of a mission system used by different churches and religions. So sometimes you might hear people say they went on a mission trip. Yeah. Um, And that's basically they're going on a trip to try to convert people to their religion and like oh. enlighten them. Oh. Or like show them the proper way. Now, is that like all mission trips? Um, I don't know for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, I only know, I'm only familiar with the Catholic, Roman Catholic uh, mm-hmm. religion. Um, and I'm pretty sure mission trips is like you go to like Africa and you talk to some like small village and you're like, you should be Catholic because. Wow. I d- yeah. didn't know that. I'm, all, I'm pretty sure that's what We'll check back in next week. <laughs> yeah. So, but either way, they... The system was started based on churches and other different religions wanting other people to be converted to their religion because they think it's superior. Yeah. And anything that's not is inferior to them. Yeah. So this method can be pinpointed back to the 1600s when European colonization actually occurred and European colonizers came to America and met the indigenous people who were already using the land. Yeah. Already there. Um, And with them, they brought the notion... And this is a quote from the website that I use. So we're still using the UBC website. Mm -hmm. Um, So with them, they brought the notion that, quote, their own civilization was the pinnacle of human achievement. Which Uh, I just thought was like, yes, that is exactly what they thought. Yeah. They thought that they were um, so much better and higher Mm -hmm. than the people that they met. Um, yeah, they thought their their way of life was superior to the indigenous peoples already occupying and thriving off of the land. Yeah, it's not like they were struggling. No. Like they were doing perfectly fine yeah. on their own. Yeah, and they thought that indigenous peoples they met were misguided, inferior, and savages. That's ridiculous. Right. Um, so multiple churches were involved with the teachings at the residential schools. So usually you would go to one like the Roman Catholic Church had or um, ran like two thirds of the residential schools mm-hmm. in Canada. Um, but the Anglican Church, the Methodist Church, the United Church and the Presbyterian Church were all involved, involved in as well. teaching at their mm-hmm. residential schools. So all Christianity, um, not necessarily all Catholic, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So this school of thought of being superior to the indigenous peoples um really boiled down to the feeling that they needed to quote unquote civilize indigenous peoples. Um, And the main way they could do that is through education, uh, which the Canadian government agreed with. Yeah. Just like mine. Mm -hmm. So even though policies for residential schools weren't put in place until 
1880, basically, mm-hmm. um, there was and the policies allowed federal funding to go to residential schools. Oh, okay. So money from the government, yeah, being used to run these schools. Mm-hmm. Um, but prior to that, there was like private schools basically run by these churches that indigenous children were forced to go to anyways. So it was happening even before yes. the date that you said. Yeah. Like it officially like the, started. Yeah. yeah. So the Canadian residential school system was actually based off of the industrial school system for indigenous children in the U.S. So oh. they had already been doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, and Prime Minister John A. Macdonald, which is the first prime minister. Yeah. Um, sent a journalist to report on the American schools to see like how they do it. So in 1879, the journalist wrote, quote, if anything is to be done with the Indian, we must catch him very young. The children must be kept constantly within the circle of civilized conditions, end quote. Oh, my gosh. I know. Which is just like so mind boggling that you're literally targeting a population of people's children. Yeah. To just like absolutely wipe out their culture. Yeah. It's base. It's genocide. It's cultural genocide. Yeah. Which is awful. And like the ignorance that that was that was taking place yeah. of like I am superior, my culture is superior, therefore yeah. every other culture just because just different. can't exist. Yeah. yeah. So this is when in the 1880s the government began to establish residential schools across Canada and using federal funding. Mm-hmm. So if you think about it, Canada was founded in 1867. That's when we became a country. Mm-hmm. So this terrible thing has been ongoing for the majority of that we have been a country. Yeah. Like it's been going on for a century, over a century. Mm -hmm. And still not much has been done to atone for the past. Like, yeah. And it's still like, obviously, I don't know for sure, but it's not like there's no residential schools, but there's still crimes that are happening. Yes. And there's nothing that the government is doing. No. Um, for the indigenous community if you didn't know there is a very high rate of suicide depression addiction Mm -hmm. within reserves and that's because they don't have access um to certain things that like you and i have yeah to the proper care that yeah yeah um and we're treating people who live on reserves and indigenous peoples even outside of reserves as second class citizens Mm -hmm. and that's not okay yeah some some places don't even have running water, running mm-hmm. clean water. And it's like, what? It's 2021. And now correct me if I'm wrong, but there was a pipeline that was supposed to be going through reserve. Yeah, I don't know about that. I think maybe the Keystone XL pipeline, but I'm not sure. Yeah, which I think it's been canceled. I think it has been canceled. I saw that today. Yeah. Um, but still, like you're you're destroying people's homes, and you, you're destroying people's homes. This is wild because I I only just learned this like last year. Mm-hmm. But a lot of indigenous tribes and populations actually lived in southern Ontario, mm-hmm. and they were forced to northern reserves oh. because the Canadian government said, "Oh, they know how to live off the land. They have this like they can live there, and basically, if we put them up there, they won't die." Yeah. So. They were forced out of their their area and their land yeah. yet again, and and so that we could have the good land, yeah, basically, and we could expand, yeah, yeah. So you're kicking people out of their homes again, yeah, not once, but but like like three another times. occasion, like yeah, s- s- too many to think of, yeah. Okay, so um, the early school to take on boarding students, so to actually take kids out of their homes and keep them there for the year, mm-hmm. was the Mohawk Institute in 1830, so about mm, 50 years yeah. before the official policies. 
And this was actually located in what is now Brantford, Ontario. Oh. Yes. Um, the last school to close was the Gordon Residential School in Punicky, Saskatchewan, which closed in 1996. Yeah, I that I knew. What? Like that was uh, two years two years before you were born? Yeah, I was born in 98 and this school closed in 96. So that was 24 years ago. Yeah, that, right? there was still a residential yeah. school. So it was the last of the federally funded residential schools. But the fact that it got, it, it went on that yeah. long, like, is like, how? Yeah. So in total, there were over 130 residential school, schools operated in Canada between 1831 to 1996. And, uh, and the most at one time that was in operation was 80 schools. And that was in 1931. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't 130 going on at the same time. Yeah. But 130 over that time span which is 132 many yeah exactly and at one time there was 80 schools operating and if you think about some of the bigger schools 500 students like mm-hmm. that's a lot of that's kids. a lot and that's generations Absolutely. like it's not only one generation it's like no. i mean it would still it's still bad awful but it's but it's the fact that it's several yeah. generations yes mm-hmm. which is awful so basically like why are there residential schools, yeah right? why did this start in the first place so you actually may think to yourself like how much were the leaders of different indigenous peoples involved in residential schooling system Mm -hmm. because i like if you think about it they probably were told like this is how it's gonna happen yeah or Um, this is like not really warned but so the following information i got is from the canadian encyclopedia.ca um which is a good source Mm -hmm. right but sometimes even reliable sources can misrepresent what actually happened yeah so I would take this with a grain of salt because I don't know if indigenous peoples collaborated yeah. with this entry. Yeah. And the odds are they didn't. Mm-hmm. So this is probably coming from the white man's Perspective, view. yeah. Yeah. So in 1870, both the federal government and the Plains Nations um, wanted to include schooling plans in treaties, but for different reasons. Okay. So the, the Plains Nations, the indigenous leaders hoped that the European Canadian education would help their young learn valuable skills mm-hmm. relevant to the new society that they were being forced into um, in a world dominated by strangers. So they basically wanted their kids to learn skills for them to thrive in the new world that they're like, they're, it's happening. So it's all that. good intentions going into it. Yes. Um, like from the indigenous, from the indigenous peoples. Yeah. Yeah. So in the Indian Act of 1876, the government was required to provide Indigenous youth with an education um, and to assimilate them into Canadian society. Wow. And assimilation doesn't, like, when I think of assimilation, I always think of it as a negative. But yeah, like always, stripping someone from yeah, something. But I don't think it always has to be a negative. Just in this case, it was a very, very, very yeah. big negative. Yeah. Um, I think it could also mean, like, um, learning to adapt into a new... Yeah culture that but it doesn't mean like your old culture has to be erased exactly mm-hmm. yeah so the federal government however had different motives they wanted to provide schooling to the indigenous peoples in order to make them economically self-sufficient or in other words teach them skills for them to support themselves financially instead of relying on public funds ridiculous so they didn't want to make the transition for indigenous peoples easy they just didn't want them like using all the public funds mm-hmm. Um, even like 
even though the Canadian, like Canadian, Canada as a nation took over their land. Yeah. So you know? it wasn't they wanted to help. It was it was for their it benefit. Was a selfish They're just reason. like, I yes. don't really want to have to deal with this yeah. and provide for them. So we're going to teach them to fend for themselves. Yeah. Um, the government decided that the most efficient way to do this was through religious conversion and assimilation. And that's why they collaborated with the Christian missionaries. Mm-hmm. Um, under the assumption that indigenous cultures and ways of life were inferior, like I mentioned before. Um, and for this method to work, it would have to rely heavily on the residential schools because you can't fully, you can't destroy a culture if they're going back to that culture, right? Yeah. So it kind of has to be a boarding school. And it's, it has to be younger children as well. Like you can't, I mean, I guess you could and they did like older children were still involved, obviously. Yeah, but but it's easier if you take a a kid who's three years old and take them away from their community. It's easier to instill them, instill in them like religion or, Mm -hmm. you know, white culture than have them come when they're like 12. Yeah. Or whatever. Um, So the residential school system is not the kind of school that the indigenous leaders had hoped to create in order to support their communities. Yeah, absolutely not. They like did not want that for their kids and obviously like obviously no one's going to say like oh yes take my kids and take yeah, their culture from take them take their culture away from them yeah so ultimately why didn't we have residential schools is basically because the government couldn't be bothered to listen to what indigenous leaders wanted for their people and instead they decided to try to completely destroy indigenous people's cultures and languages in order to fully assimilate them into euro-canadian society was it really that hard for the government to just be like okay let's provide schooling for them and even yeah if they didn't want to give them like public funds or they didn't want that give them something mm-hmm. I, I mean i think they they also had like the the religious missionaries and, and churches had a really big say in how those schools were going to be done because if you think about it when they started mm-hmm. religion was a huge part of life yeah you know like the whole population basically was religious yeah so if you have someone in your pocket, like the, you've you've probably heard that like the I think the Catholic Church is like God yeah Bank. yeah, and if you have them funding some of your stuff, that's you're very be true. Like, okay, do as do you what please. You want. Yeah, this like, is how you want to do it, and they're yeah. like they're inferior. We have to convert them basically. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Like, how are you? First off, not gonna give them what they kind of yeah they requested. asked for yeah, <laughs> like, and then plus make it worse for them yeah. And just absolutely not do anything about it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, here's some stats. An estimated 150,000 children were forced to attend residential schools across Canada. At least 3,200 students were reported to have died in the residential schools. However, there was very poor record keeping. Mm -hmm. And the total is likely closer to 6,000 children. Yeah. But we may never know the true total. It could be more than that. Now, I obviously you don't know the answer to this. Do you think it's just, um, I assume it's not because the government's hiding it from the public because it's such. No. I think it was just during that time. They just didn't care. Yeah. I don't think so they, they cared about yeah. recording who died and mm-hmm. when and where and why because they were just an indigenous child. Yeah. They were basically like just a quote Indian, mm-hmm. you know, so not. Like, they just didn't care. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're wondering, most deaths can be contributed to infectious diseases. 
such as tuberculosis, measles, influenza, or flu, mm-hmm. um, typhoid. Because a lot of the times the schools were really crowded. Yeah. So that's a And huge... stuff like that, like, travels oh, fast, right? Yeah. 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 So, yeah, not great. Not super cool. So here are some firsthand accounts that I found on a website called Legacy of Hope Foundation. It was actually really cool because it um, it was, it's videos oh. of survivors who want to share their stories mm-hmm. um, and as well as transcripts if you just want to read the transcripts. But reading a transcript is much different than hearing it from... And like getting that emotion. Yeah. 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 So here are some. There's three that I pulled. So this one's from William McLean. And these are just, I just want to give examples of what people went through. People went through. Mm-hmm. So William McLean, quote, I remember I didn't know a word of English when I was taken to school. In the classroom, the teacher was reading a book about the little red hen. He was asking the children, what color is the hen? He asked me, what color is the hen? I didn't even understand. That's when I got my first strapping, just because I didn't understand. It wasn't only me, but it happened to practically all those children who couldn't give any response. That's the first way we were being abused, end quote. And he went to the Poundmaker Residential School in Edmonton. So that's William. This So not even being taught, kind of just thrown no. into a situation where yeah. it's like, you're going to learn through abuse. Basically. That was essentially it. Yeah. Like you have to learn this, otherwise you're going to die. Mm-hmm. Um, I did read that there was translators sometimes. Oh, so, okay. And I know some of... <laughs> Which is ridiculous. I'm laughing because it's ridiculous. Yeah. Some of the priests were learning Cree or other indigenous languages in order to go out and convert more people. Ridiculous. But they weren't allowing the children to talk in that language yeah. at the school. Which is just like... Yeah. Did you hear that voice? Yeah, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah. Which is just like... like So hypocritical. Awful. Yeah. Like, because you're stripping these children mm-hmm. of their culture, but now An you identity. are um, like, uh, benefiting like pro- from yeah, yeah, learning it. Just so that you can then do the Go same out. thing again. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. So this next one is from Beverly Albrecht. And if you notice, like, these are quote unquote white names mm-hmm. because when they're sent to the school, they're given, they were given a Christian name. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing that they're losing from themselves. Yeah. yeah. They're... I, essentially losing their whole identity yeah yeah so beverly albrecht uh quote because they didn't want us to get along with the other girls they would have boxing matches to make us fight just so that we wouldn't like the other girls and also too because they thought they had so many rules they thought if we fight with each other we'll end up taking our anger or whatever we have out on the other girls end quote that's disgusting yeah so made to fight each other in her transcript she went with her sister her mm-hmm. little sister and they were separated uh, by gender mm-hmm. and she talked about being forced to like fight her sister basically um just because that's like that's what the day supervisors said they had to do that's and, ridiculous and she went to the mohawk institute in bradford or brantford oh now i need to google that because it's different the fact oh my goodness it's just like I'm not surprised in a sense that um, it was the Catholic or the Christian church, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, so I'm not surprised that they're using those tactics. Yeah. But I'm also like, that's a human. Yeah. It's like, too, it's a human like, being. And they're stripping the humanity away from them. Yeah. In these schools. And sorry, the Mohawk Institute is in Brantford. Brantford. Yeah. 
the last one I have is from Carol Dawson. So she went to the St. Michael's Indian Residential School. Oh, I didn't put what provinces it's in, but I think it's in a prairie province. Okay. Um, and she went in when she was older. So, and is this because she was, um, it hadn't started, like, it started and she was kind of pulled in when she was older? I don't remember why she didn't go in when she was older. I'd have to look up. I can, we can maybe take a pause because this is Mm -hmm. important. So, I looked up Carol Dawson's story and she went in when she was 13 or 14, but it doesn't say why. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, maybe it was because her parents couldn't take care of her anymore or something Mm -hmm. like that. Um, But yeah, she ended up going when she was 13 or 14. So, quote, it made me a very defiant person. I became very angry. For many, many years, I was a fighter for rights, but not in a good way. That all came later. I managed to survive that abuse and I managed to survive my own abuse because that experience taught me that you cannot trust anyone. People in authority are not to be trusted. You have to defend yourself from them at all costs. Whatever it takes to escape them, you have to do that. Even though I went to college and I became educated, I was involved in the 60s with many friends who are now dead, unfortunately. Many of us were part of what is known as AIM, the American Indian Movement. I'm a real survivor. I survived residential school. I survived the 60s. I've survived my own self-destructive ways, and I've gone on to do other things, but always lurking around us is this unfinished piece of business. So this quote like stood out to me because it shows that this happened and it stays with the person mm-hmm. like it's no matter what it's affected them and it's like changed the course of life for many people yeah and it wasn't just the residential schools that she had to go to yeah. it was also the 60s as she said yeah. of going through that again and having to prove fighting to for rights yeah more rights basically yeah. and yeah so she went to school and then had to fight to be a person yeah um and and she said she had self-destructive ways so this obviously led her down a road of things that weren't healthy for her Mm -hmm. and but it also shows that many of these people are very very resilient yeah and are able to overcome their trauma and you know fight for a way to make it right again and it's sad that they even have to do that yeah they even need to go to the extent of proving or not proving but like fighting for for themselves Mm -hmm. that they should be treated with respect and even just acknowledged yeah so that's a great segue um there have been attempts to make reparations for past actions of the canadian government Mm -hmm. but we haven't really seen much change in our society whether it be awareness or you know just acknowledgement that this happened i mean we wouldn't probably be talking about this topic if the 215 children weren't found in that old Mm -hmm. um property for the residential school Mm mm-hmm so in 2007, the process was started to financially compensate the survivors of residential schools, which is great. Um, individuals were given $10,000 for attending the school and individuals could also file an independent assessment process for a higher claim based on the abuse they suffered. Mm-hmm. So in all, 38,276 claims were received and overall $3.23 billion was paid out by the government. So that's good that's great and all but i feel like the government can't just be like here's money now like under the carpet be quiet yeah so in 2008 the then prime minister stephen harper issued an apology for the residential schools and the lasting effects it had on the survivors 
In 2017, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau issued an apology about residential schools and included Indigenous peoples from Newfoundland and Labrador that were left out of the original apology from the Canadian government. Oh, interesting. So basically in 2008, the um, gov- Prime- Stephen Harper's government basically said that because the um, Newfoundland and Labrador, some of the schools were started like after they it ended or like they weren't. They weren't included because it it wasn't included within the policy it's that was put in place. probably something technical of like, well, technically yeah. this isn't. Yeah. So because they weren't included, they weren't able to file a claim. Oh. So even though they went to residential and they schools. Went, yeah. Oh, it's sorry. I remember now. It's because Newfoundland and Labrador, when that was happening, they actually hadn't joined Confederation yet. Oh. The residential schools in Newfoundland and Labrador. Yeah. And I think after they joined Confederation, I don't think they had any residential schools. So that's that's a or something like that. But yeah, but it was and it's like they still went through it. Mm -hmm. Like it's still kind of your fault. Yeah. Um, So I said apologies are like putting a bandaid over a gaping wound unless it's backed up by more substantial action. No one is going to feel healed. Yeah. So you can apologize all you want, but you still aren't giving funding to reserves. You're not sending support there like there's no actions that are saying that you're actually like actively trying to do something to do better Mm -hmm. in the future um there are a couple positives so provinces provinces (laughs) such as ontario are changing their curriculum to better reflect the history of residential schools and treaties that involve indigenous peoples um they say indigenous consultants are brought in for Mm -hmm. the curriculum which is great good but I've read in articles, like news articles, that the Indigenous consultants get this very last minute and they don't get enough yeah. time to actually review it and say, this is good, this is bad, change this, mm-hmm. before they have to give it back. So even though they're Consulted. consulting, they they don't feel like they're actually having a say in the curriculum, which mm-hmm. is like, what's the point of, a, of consulting them? It's then? basically just saying th- so that they can say, it's I like consulted. A, a facade, yeah. basically, mm-hmm. to, to save face. Um, so that's something that like, it's a good step forward, but we need to put the other foot yeah, and actually yeah, keep going, keep walking. Yeah. You got and there this. Are, are some organizations for teachers mm-hmm. to help integrate indigenous history into their better, like educate people basically on something that they haven't even been educated on themselves. themselves yeah. Like if you haven't been taught something, it's kind of weird for you to be teaching. Yeah. When you don't fully understand it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a good resource. Yeah. So um, I just looked up a couple organizations that you can donate to if you want to try to support Indigenous peoples. One thing I read on um, this website was um, be careful of what government funds you're donating to because Mm -hmm. as you can see, they don't always work and they don't get to the people who need it the most. Um, but do your own research if you want to donate anyways. It, it doesn't matter what you're donating to. You need to do research into where your funds are mm-hmm. going, who they're going to, how are they getting there yeah. kind of things. But And we can link all of these in the yep. description. Mm-hmm. Um, Circles for Reconciliation, Reconciliation Canada, Indigenous Awareness Canada, Indigenous Neighbors Program, and I Love First Peoples. I didn't do any research into any of these organizations just because for time a mm-hmm. limit on me for research um so please just be aware yeah. and careful of who you're donating to mm-hmm. but if you want to try to get started those are some places that you can check out they have great resources as well yeah that's great yeah 
that's basically it. So there's no titillating tidbit because none of this was titillating at all. And it was yeah. just kind of meh and not great. But necessary to talk about. Necessary. I'm glad that we can at least try to bring awareness, even if it's just a little bit. And like talk about it with your family and your friends. Yeah. Like get yeah. the conversation started. Don't let it be taboo. This is definitely something we should talk about. And a good starting point would be like if you need a base of like kind of um, what there is to know, mm-hmm. um, you could share this. I don't want to say that because it's well, like, well, share the podcast. Yeah. But if, if I don't if, know, I feel like when I'm, yeah, when I'm trying to explain things to mm-hmm. people and it's sometimes it just goes horribly wrong. So I feel like this might be a good start to be like, mm-hmm. this might be a good resource. Another great thing to do is find indigenous creators on like Instagram mm-hmm. or Twitter or TikTok. There's one, Notorious Cree. He's mm-hmm. on TikTok and yeah. Instagram. Great creator. Yeah. Very educational. And like his video, like a TikTok is what, like 60 seconds? Like yeah. the bite-sized ways yeah. to... Um, consume information without it being them. overwhelming yeah mm-hmm. oh there's another girl i watched but i don't remember her handle but she's yeah 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 it's a good way too thanks for listening yeah hope um, that you learned something hopefully i did if you want to keep up with us follow us on our instagram at my sister knows why no spaces no nothing um follow us on your favorite podcast pop, pop, pop. all of them all of them. All the podcast platforms. Um, I just want to thank you for the people who rated us. We have Ooh. 11 rates. Wow. Thank you. Keep going. Shout out. You can do multiple <laughs> rates if you want. I um, don't think you can. I don't know. I don't Anyways. know. Anyways. <laughs> um, do you know what we're talking about next week? Um. Yeah, I think we're going to talk about gender. We're going to specifically okay. get into gender. Gender. Got it. Yeah. Cause cool. I feel like that's something... Pride month yeah people want to know sure yeah um yeah thanks don't google gender D- don't do it well do just, but just wait for us. you know anyways um if you didn't know now you know all right goodbye friends. adios